Yo, yo. I go by the name I'm of Pharrell from the Neptunes, and I just wanna let y'all know I'm your pusher. The world, the world is about to feel something that they never felt before. Come on. Ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it whip on whip, it's off the hard, I'm the neighborhood pusher, call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack, on or off the track, I'm heavy cuz, ball to your fathers, you can duck to the Fetty Gov, sorry my love, but I'm seeing through these eyes, Ben's convoys with the wagon on the side. Verbally Effective, episode 21, your double E, Ina Esco. And today I have my guest, Mr. Melvin Guy, yeah. in the studio with me. <laughs> One of my longtime friends. And let me tell you guys how I know Melvin. He is actually married to one of my little sisters, Chastity. Yeah. And uh, Chastity and my youngest sister, Tara, have been best friends for like forever. And that's how I first met Melvin. Back yeah. in the day. What year was that, Melvin? Long Ooh. time ago. I think you had just crossed Alpha. Yeah, so it had to be like 2006. So it's seven. been a minute. It's been a minute. It's yeah. been a minute. So you're a University of Memphis graduate. Yeah. And you went to U of M. What was your major? So I um, majored in health and human performance, but it was like a bachelor's of science and education. Um Memphis was was on when I when I was there, it was on. man. Two thousand four to like two thousand eight. <laughs> so you know, I came in in the hype of Calipari. So oh, yeah, you were there with the good man, years. it was it was awesome. Um, we had almost all of the Divine Nine on campus at yeah. the same time. So yeah. it was just one of those things where you know it was a great time for me, and mm-hmm. I luckily made it out with a degree. Yes, you did. <laughs> you you had a lot of partying going on, yeah, but you made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we made it. Party hard, it. stay up late, but most of all graduate are you guys on on um the yard now right yeah yeah okay yeah so how's that going it's good it's good they uh it's young guys they they doing they doing that thing you know it's a little different when you so many years removed from college and mm, you know so when different. when you go back and you see it you kind of like wait uh-huh. okay cool. we did it like right. this <laughs> right exactly Which I don't. exactly but but they're good you know they're making strides to to being the best them you know Kappa Ada. That's it. Kappa Ada. Kappa Ada. Yeah, I know about it. None greater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once you graduated, you began your profession in education. Yeah, yeah. So um, I started at Millington Middle. Um, Millington Trojans. Yeah, yeah. so I started at Millington <laughs> Middle. I was teaching eighth grade science and social studies. Um, and it was a blessing, man. It was kind of one of those things where um, – it's crazy, like a little bit before that. So when I graduated, I took a job um, being a manager at Hollister and Abercrombie. It's okay. Cr- <laughs> How did you like that? It was okay. It was cool. Uh-huh. It was one of those things where, you know, you go from college to where they were giving college graduates like $32,000 a year. And so at that at that point, it was like, you shoot. Have for retail, that right. So I was like, look, <laughs> I do it. Like, I, you know, and so it was cool, except for when. You know, in retail, you know, you know, holidays mean nothing. Yeah. You know, weekends mean nothing, and so I just kind of started getting burned out um, on that. And you know, and I always kind of wanted to teach, um, and so with a bachelor of science in education and all the stuff, I thought it just gonna, you know, work out perfect for me. And so um, I started subbing, just trying to get in, the, you know, getting in front of principals and stuff, and kind of had that opportunity to, you know, talk to them and people see my face and see me around the building and. Luckily, um, I was at uh, Millington Middle uh, mm-hmm. subbing, and it, would, it had got to, like, the end of the year, and I had uh, told, I think it was one of the counselors, you know, hey, 
you know, I'm looking to try to get a full time type of thing as far as being in the classroom. And she was like, "Okay, I'll tell the principal. And he gave me a call that summer and sat down. Yeah. And so I went from there to uh, Elmore Park Middle School. And that's in Bartlett. Um, And I taught seventh grade there for four years. And um, I love every bit of it. But, you know, just kind of got to a point to where it was time to make a change. So how were the kids in the classroom? Like, you know, you just starting to teach. I mean, is it easy to roll out your plan with them and them, yeah. you know, getting yeah. on your terms? Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. But so I went into it with the approach of kind of like I'm younger and they know I'm younger at the time. You know what I mean? They and so, you. Well, no, nah, it was kind of no. one of those things where I played it to where it was like, look, we cool mm-hmm. and we can be cool. But we understand we both got a job to do. Mm-hmm. And so once I kind of laid that ground, you know, that that, mm-hmm. that those expectations of like, hey, look, we can have a good time, but we have a good time at the right times, basically. Mm-hmm. And once I kind of got them on that buy in of like, hey, look, we're going to have fun. But Mr. Guy only want to do it this way. <laughs> it was smooth selling, you know. Um, now, kids going to try you every bit of the way. And uh, so, you know, I had my instances where. You know, somebody wanted to try to try to buck the system mm. a little bit, but how did you handle that, Melvin? You know, it's 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 still one of those things where you kind of have to say, all right, hey, step in the hallway, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm from Southwest Little Rock, uh, and anybody from Little Rock <laughs> know about Southwest Little they Rock. They don't play that in Little Rock. They <laughs> so, banging in Little Rock now. <laughs> so I, you know, hey, hey, look, you know, chill, man, like, and let's let's get back right, mm-hmm. and you know, look. I ain't going to cause, you know, no drama in your life. And as long as you can make sure everybody else in here learning, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the times it kind of worked out. You know, every now and then you kind of got to gotta send them another way and be like, hey, look, you need to go talk to whoever, mm-hmm. you know. But typically that was the last resort. You know, no principal want kids running in and out of their they oh, office okay. all day. And it kind of looked like you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. if you keep on sending folks down there. So Now, were you uh, teaching when, like, all of those – evaluations oh, were man. coming out so i came in right when it got started Ooh, that so was- it was kind of one of those things where i didn't know any different so, but i would hear all of the complaints and stuff teachers. yeah from the older teachers where they're like i used to only get evaluated once every however many years and all this other stuff to you know we were all getting evaluated like three or four times in a year and shoot mm-hmm. if you had a bad performance, then you were getting evaluated like five or six times out of oh, a year. Wow. So it was it was definitely uh, one of those things where it did add a certain level of pressure to the job that I think um, people don't really understand. Uh, I think, you know, people want to throw out, you know, you got summer break and spring break mm-hmm. and Christmas like break. Like teachers and, have it all good. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, it's one of those things where, man, it's, it's pressure, man. It, I would, you know, Chastity's a teacher too. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in, in that you know, in that position, in that job, man, you are basically mentally, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. like, drained when you get home because you're dealing with attitudes, mm-hmm. you're trying to make sure people are learning, you know, mm-hmm. you standing up, walking around, you you know what I mean? In, in some cases, you know, you might even have to run or do something. You just yeah, never, you never know. know. You and know? it seems like you all are so invested in the kids, yeah. too. So I'm sure that they would talk to you guys about non-school-related oh, things. And you're a role model. Look, and look. <laughs> it's more and so, pressure. Right. And sometimes you want to be like, look, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Because if you tell me that, I got to tell somebody. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, you definitely get 
you get truly um, attached to the kids. Yeah. You you really um, invested in their futures. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, I think that even kind of led me to kind of what I'm doing now. You know, it's just kind of seeing people reach their goals and building those relationships is all a part of, you know, mm-hmm. why I do what I do. And you know what my dad, uh, he would tell us a lot of the stories about Pops. some of the kids. <laughs> yes. And and I would just sit and listen to him. I'm like, he he you know, he'd be like, I'm I'm leaving it alone. But I would yeah. see that he was so invested in Man. the child and I'm like, Daddy, you're not going nowhere. Right. <laughs> but he eventually retired, but he had built some good relationships with those kids, and they mm-hmm. really depended on him. You know, and, this, and to this day, I'm pretty sure he has kids that he taught mm-hmm. that will probably still reach out to him, or yeah. they they can't have a story about high school without mentioning, mm-hmm. you know, Sigi. That's probably the right. <laughs> that's exactly. what exactly. You know, I know he missed it a little bit. Oh yeah, he enjoying his retirement oh, as yeah. you can see. <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of people that are in the teaching profession. You know, one of the big things is our teachers aren't getting paid enough. And mm. I mean, do you agree with that that comment? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you know when you look at you know all the protests and stuff that are going around around the country where people or teachers are kind of saying, "All right, look, we fed up." You know, mm-hmm. um, I think about if I guess I kind of look at it this way: I have a two-year-old, and mm-hmm. now I got one that's about to be two months. But mm-hmm. um, you know, think about daycare: how much we're paying a week in daycare. Hi. And you think about now you look at, you know, sending your kid off to school. I have your kid for seven to eight hours, Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. um, trying to teach them about, you know, their own character, trying to get them to understand content. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to help them socially, emotionally, all of that stuff. And some people in certain states are only making like twenty nine, thirty thousand dollars a year. Why is it so low? you know, I, I I think it's what we put importance on. You know, it's kind of one of those things now where it's like, you know, fame and celebrity and all those other things just mean more than education. And we're mm-hmm. kind of starting to see yeah. some of that in it's our life. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, I think it's what we put importance on. If we would understand that the doctor or the basketball player or whoever it is needed that teacher. Right. The teachers are so instrumental it, in these students' lives. Yeah. And, and now... <laughs> the president is asking the teachers to not only do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Now you got to be a security guard Mm-mm. with a gun. Nope. And some most. Nope. It's just too much. Yeah, it is. Is that what led to you going into the real estate <laughs> world, Melvin? So. How did that, you, how was that transition? Yeah, that, okay, so it had got to a point where in teaching, let me say this, I love being in front of the kids. I love teaching. I love being in the classroom. I think what got me was kind of everything outside of the classroom. I think that, um, you know, and, and I don't know, I'm speaking for me, I don't know about, you know, other teachers, but it got to a point to where you have to master your craft, but at the point in which every year something is changing, how do I master being a good teacher? Mm. So every year it was the test was changing or um, the curriculum was changing or the standards would be different or you know, the procedures at a school would be different. And it was kind of one of those things where the people at the upper level were basically shooting from the hip, not thinking about the people on the front lines. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, hey, look, I'm one of those people where I go hard at what I do and I want to be good at doing it. Mm -hmm. But if every time I try to get good, you change the game, Mm -hmm. I might need to find another game to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, for me, it was, you know, one of those things where I wanted to stay in, 
a situation where I was building relationships and, and being able to interact with people daily um, and helping people towards their goals and stuff. And honestly, it was, you know, like Drake would say, it was God's plan. You oh know, it just kind of, <laughs> so it just kind of worked out where, um, you know, me and my wife, we had bought a house and the realtor um, that helped us with our house, we had a mutual friend and we were out to dinner with that mutual friend. And I mentioned like, hey, you know, I was thinking about a career change and I'm, you know, trying to figure it all out. You know, I love being in the classroom, but, you know, I'm trying to figure out is that something new for me to do. And so that mutual friend then ended up having dinner with our realtor later on in the in in the week. And she was like um, he had brought my name up and he was like, man, Melvin and Chastity, I loved working with them. Melvin be a good realtor if he wanted to ever try it. Mm -hmm. And so. She was like, well, look, I just talked to him earlier this week, and he was saying, (laughs) look, he might want to change careers, you know. That was really God's plan. Yeah, it was God's plan. And so we had sat down. We actually went to a Starbucks on Witten, and we were sitting outside, and, you know, we just kind of started talking, and he was writing down numbers and stuff and just kind of saying, like, hey, look, you know, if you're going to make this change, here's pros and cons of it. Here's what, you know, money can look like if you do certain things. And Mm -hmm. so when I – when I kind of went home, talked to Chastity, prayed about it, you know, um, I think that was maybe in like October, um, by the end of the school year, that, that next May, I put in, you know, my resignation and and I, and I, and I, and I, I made the jump and, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said the transition was, was super easy because it wasn't, you know, it was, uh, things trickled in and anybody that's in a in a sales type of role, they understand wow. building clientele is like one of the hardest things ever to do. Um, and so uh, that that first six months were really kind of like trying to make a name and a face for myself in something different than what people knew me as so what doing. What did you do, Melvin? What was this something different that so, you did? <laughs> so now I had always kind of been on social media, mm-hmm. um, but I've always used social media as like, you know, family, friends, good time type of thing. And so um, it was one of those ways of me being able to do free marketing. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I'm not paying anything to post this picture. I'm not paying anything to show people what I'm doing today. Um, and so that was kind of the, the first way I did it, where it was just kind of like, all right, I'm, I got some professional headshots and stuff done. Um, I hollered at a, a friend of mine that kind of does like graphic design, takes pictures and all this stuff. I was like, hey, can you put put uh, put a flyer together mm-hmm. similar to this one? And I kind of showed him another realtor's um, flyer and he was like, yeah, cool. And so started there with like posting that, made like a Facebook post where I was like, all right, changing careers. Like, here's what <laughs> yep. I'm doing now. Alert, um, alert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and uh, created a Facebook business page and was like, hit up all my friends. Like, hey, look, everybody shared at like five o'clock on Friday. And you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and we just kind of put out like a blast. Did and you get a good response from your friends on yeah, social media? Yeah. So it was it was it was uh, widely accepted. Like, you know, what I mean, you kind of have to borderline between being annoying and really pubbing yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you like know, it's like, media, yeah. yeah. So it was one of those things where. um Everybody was cool with, you know, trying to share my page and liking it and all of that. And so I want to say that, like, within that first week on my Facebook business page, I think I got up to somewhere around, like, three or 400, like, likes and follows. Oh, and then, that was awesome. Yeah, and so, like, now I think I got, like, 700 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and you'll get more after this podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where, 
everybody kind of jumped on board and and was like really supportive um and so with building that clientele too is just work my sphere of influence and so that was like family friends whatever like hey Take some of my cards. If anybody has a conversation about real estate, anything like that, you know a guy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's where my little hashtag, I'm your guy, kind of came mm-hmm. from. Where Perfect. it's like, yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, I know a guy. He can be your guy, too. If you, you know <laughs> what I mean? If you're yeah. looking for anything, anything you're trying to do in real estate, let him know. He can mm-hmm. try to, you know, work it out for you. So social media was very impactful for oh, your yeah. business. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you had started, uh, you know, Power to social media, Ooh. you know. Ooh, I tell you how right that now, look, <laughs> look. So, so when I jumped into real estate, I had I had some money saved. Um, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think now like real estate's the way to go to try to just make money, and it it can be very lucrative. Um, but a lot of work. but it's a lot of work, and it also takes money to make money in real mm-hmm. estate. So, um, if it wasn't for social media. You know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to determine whether or not I would have been as successful as early as I am. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of older realtors did a lot of print media. Mm-hmm. So they are in all of those free magazines mm-hmm. at Kroger. They're in the newspaper. They, you know, on the radio, on the radio. You know, but they, that's money. Right. That's for money. But for now marketing. you got your, your free look, social media look. marketing. <laughs> and then when I do spend money, you know, those Facebook ads, if you if you play it right and, you know, and you spend the money I the right way, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it can it can do wonders for you. So. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that the bulk of your sales, do they come from family, friends, or people that you do not know at this point in your um, career? At, at this point, it's mostly family, friends, and then, like, word of mouth from those family and friends. Um, but family so, and friends at the first of the tier. Yeah, yeah, family and friends, just because, you know, like I said, I try to work that sphere of influence. Those are the people that um, already trust me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so when, you, when you're making a couple hundred thousand dollar transaction you know you want somebody you can trust right right. or or less you know i mean Mm -hmm. heck it could be a sixty thousand dollar house but if it's one of those things where you know this is a big deal for you you want somebody you can trust Mm -hmm. um and so initially the bulk of you know my business um came from family and friends and then all of it from there kind of became like a word of mouth thing so now you know i get some cold calls where it's just like hey you know, I heard from somebody that, you know, you're a realtor or they might say somebody might send me a number and say, hey, can you call them? They were talking about this at work mm-hmm. or um, so it's kind of moving to a way to where a lot of my clients now, um, you know, I don't really know them as mm-hmm. much, um, which is just a testament to my family and mm-hmm. friends. And that's, them just kind of like putting me on. Yeah, yeah, they put <laughs> me on. And so, yeah. you know, that that's the thing, you know, you building relationships is so key in being successful mm-hmm. um i would think in anything um and so um that's what's been driving business and so i make that I still make that a focus like you know you you get some realtors who you know they they can sit in an office and cold call all day you know and in my case it's like i would much be much rather be out somewhere shaking hands or talking yes. to people or being a part of something yeah. because you never know that one person turns into three people mm-hmm. that turns into 10 that turn you know and i think it was a plus too like you and chastity have always been quite the socialite yeah, you know you yeah. all will get out and network or just <laughs> right. have fun with friends you know some people stay in the house right then you have some that will socialize right. and get out right and then you dress nice yeah, you've always dressed it. very nice you know Thank just you. a very approachable person yeah 
So I'm so proud of you, Melvin. Thank you. Now, I appreciate it. Let's talk about the real estate industry right now. Okay. Um, it's 2018. A lot has happened in our economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of right now, are we in a buyer's or seller's market? And explain that to our listeners. Yeah. So um, in Memphis, we're definitely in a uh, seller's market. Um, and it's a seller's market due to low inventory. Um, now, low inventory just means that it's not a ton of houses out there for buyers to, to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is, is when there's low supply, it's high demand. And so when it's high demand, sellers can kind of ask for what they want to ask for and people mm-hmm. are, are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been, you know, a hike in, in, in um, housing as far as like uh, the prices go. Although sales have gone down due to just not having a lot of houses, the housing prices have gone up. And that's that's almost like nationwide right now. Mm-hmm. Um and so what, what basically basically what's happening is is that um, buyers are having to compete with each other, which mm. then raise the sales price. Mm. So a lot of nice if I tell all my buyers, hey, look, we got to be ready and we got to stay ready. So that means you have your pre-approval letter or your proof of funds like ready to go because if you like this house as you know if we walking through it, let me know so I can get back to the computer, write up this offer now, mm-hmm. and uh, go ahead and try to get it sent over because so many houses now are getting into multiple offer situations. Mm-hmm. And when you get into those situations, a lot of sellers respond back with, okay, now we want your highest and best offer. Mm-hmm. And so when they, you know, as a buyer, when you feel that competition over it's a house a that you love, <laughs> you're like, hey, <laughs> all right, Melvin, let's do this. I'm not going to ask for any closing costs. I'm going to, you know, like, let's get this house. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we're seeing right now, which is pushing people to to really battle over these houses. And so as a buyer, um, it's still, I, I feel like this, it's always a good time to buy a house. Mm-hmm. It may not be necessarily your time all the time. And, and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you want to find what still fits all of your criteria in a price range that you can afford. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get out here because there's so much competition and end up paying more for something that you yeah. can really handle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because, like, and, and I think that's part of the education background in me to where it's like I'm looking at whole you. I'm not looking yeah. at just transaction you. I'm looking at, like, hey, you know, come a few months in this house, how are you going to be living? What's your quality of life going to be like? You don't want to be house broke. Well, that's good. You, you care enough about your clients <laughs> oh, man, to look because yeah. it's, it's relationships. It's mm-hmm. relationships because if if you felt like I screwed you over or I messed up on your transaction or whatever it is, you're less likely to say my name to somebody else. Yeah. And so you know, I'm I'm looking out for you, I'm trying to be your guy, you know. And so, yeah. In doing so, I'm looking at the whole you. Um, and then for sellers, like, hey, now is the time. If you were ever wondering. Mm -hmm. should I sell my house now Now is the the time time to sell your house because you got really like you said the buyers if your credit is up to par Mm -hmm. is that really like the number one thing your credit being up to par so it's going to be it's going to be your credit up to par so as a now I can't speak for every lender but you know most of the time a lender is going to look at okay your credit they're going to look at your debt to income ratio um, and they kind of work from there Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's definitely credit is definitely something that you want to be looking at because now, you know, lenders have gotten back to a point to where they're taking 620, 640. Mm-hmm. You know, they might, you know, they might be able to do a 580 using like FHA mm-hmm. uh, loans. And 
Um, and so, you know, I would say in order to get the rate that you know that you would need in order to live comfortably, you need upwards of like 640, 650 in order to try to really make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's lender to lender, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people are able to do some things that others aren't. And, you know, it's just finding the right one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in my case, it's trying to, you know, give you some options as far as lenders go and you being honest and truthful with them and them trying to trying to work something out you know now how low are those interest rates now um right now since they are on the way back up you know when the economy does well you know interest rates kind of tend to go back up Mm -hmm. um and so i've had some that have closed at around like four Mm. 4.5 um and that's kind of where they're you know where i'm seeing most of them um, and then you can get upwards of five, six, you know, seven, just kind of depending on that credit score. That, you don't want to go that high at all. But yeah. uh, especially with, you know, you with people out here getting like fours and low fours and stuff. Yeah, well, so. that's pretty good because yeah. we've been in our house going on 13 years. And I'm trying to remember because I had like A1 credit back then. I yeah. think my interest rate was definitely or something but back then that was like excellent yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so like you know when i when i first got started a couple years ago you know i was seeing like 3.25 3. 3.5 wow when i heard it was getting that low yeah and so you know as of now they're seeing an uptick in interest rates and so like some of the lower ones i've been seeing lately have been like Mm 4.2 and stuff like that yeah wow it's just amazing like like you said in a good economy it goes back up. I'm like, are we really in a good economy right now? Like, hey, per you, the market. Right. Per the market. You know, you, if you look at, you know, stocks and stuff like that, people are doing pretty good right now. I just think that it's who who's actually seeing this good economy. Exactly. Mm, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because some of us like, look, man, my pocket ain't changed. So. Right. Like, you know, it, it's really interesting, our economy right now, to me, yeah. um, with 45 in office. Oh, yeah. The pack. So, um, and he's a real estate guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a mogul. Yeah. Yeah, you know, some of his practices I don't agree with. Right. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I I go at a different approach, you know. Yeah, you know, when we had the big housing crisis, when the banks, um, you know, everybody was doing dirty. Everybody Man. was doing dirty. Knew what was going on, these adjustable rate mortgages. Is that yeah. even a term used in buying a home now? Yeah, they're, they're, really? still out, they're still out there. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, they're still out there. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, I talked to a, an older agent um, a little while ago. Ooh, this was a while ago now. But um, they were saying, like, you know, if you play an adjustable rate right, you know, it could be somewhat beneficial, especially if you, you know, she was saying, like, you know, a long time ago, you know, interest rates for houses, man, you were looking at, like, 7 8 9%, you know, and those words good interest rates like a, a, a long, time long time ago, ago. but she's saying so you know those people were on adjustable rate mortgages back then when the interest rates started dropping that was benefit it for was them. beneficial for them you know in our case right now with them starting to creep back up you definitely want to get a fixed rate you know i thought that was like maybe not even an option for a home yeah. buyer now but it's still it's still, it's still an option um mm-hmm. but i would i would definitely say you would want a fixed rate just because you know it, it kind of makes um, it takes the 
trying to figure out like the angst or the anxiety about okay what am i gonna be paying next year right out of the situation like like with renting right you know you never know from lease to lease what you're gonna be paying they might say all right for your apartment we're gonna charge you a hundred dollars more this year mm-hmm. you know and you know on a fixed rate you pretty much paying the same thing every year you know you might see a little influx or a little decrease based off of your taxes, taxes. and your insurance you know mm-hmm. um, but other than that you can be paying close to the same thing mm-hmm. for the life of the loan Wow. So as of now, what kind of trends are you seeing in, I guess, the real estate industry right now? Like from a perspective of getting new clients, I I know you say you're heavy on social media. Do you see anything on the horizon that may change with your whole way of business? Um, What about online buying? Like, yeah. Is that going to affect you? So (laughs) online buying, and I probably, now I I don't know. Every realtor kind of gets tired of Zillow. Like right, so like you just go on your computer look, buy a house. Look, look. So, <laughs> so the thing about Zillow is, is, and it's crazy. Like Zillow is starting to tell folks anything, and people run with it. Really? You know, well, so they have the, you know, the zestimate and all that other stuff. Explain so, the, the concept of Zillow for our listeners. So, you know, Zillow is basically a um, a way for buyers or even sellers to kind of get out there and kind of look at houses. Um, they kind of basically end up being like a hub for all type of real estate transactions. Um, And so, um, you know, what happens is, is buyers a lot of time go on, search Zillow, pick out their favorite houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they see on Zillow that the Zestimate is this and that my monthly payment can be this, Mm -hmm. but they're not taking into consideration. Okay. What is your interest rate going to be? What are the property taxes here? What is the so insurance going to be? So the they might, zestimate. So like, so the zestimate and like these monthly payments. Typically, most of the time, they're looking at like, um, you know, what the houses, um, you know, around it may be selling for, and all of those things are kind of like what they think it should be. But you know, as a as a realtor, you know, we do a, a comparative market analysis where we're looking at okay, what's been sold in this area over the last six months. We're looking at square footage, mm-hmm. number of bedrooms, you know, any upgrades or updates done to the house, mm-hmm. um, you know, to where we can give you a true um, read of you know what these houses may really be going for, um, and you know, trying to put you in contact with the right lenders so that that way um, they can give you a true idea of what your monthly payment may be. Um, because, you know, on Zillow, <laughs> you know, they'll say, oh, this $250,000 house is, thir- you know, uh, $1,100 a month. Right. <laughs> like, mm, no, not, right. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it. Uh, so, you know, I would I would definitely encourage, you know, anybody that's out there looking right now, definitely give me a call first. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, um, holler at, holla at, at a licensed realtor. Um, somebody that can truly give you an idea of what's going on in the market right now, uh, give you a true picture of, you know, what some of these houses are really going for, mm-hmm. um, and be able to put you in contact with the right people to where you can get a lender that you trust, somebody that can truly tell you what these monthly payments may be. Can someone actually buy a home without a realtor that's licensed? Like, mm-hmm. like people that just negotiate yeah. directly with the lender instead yeah. of a real estate is that possible um it's it's possible to buy a home or sell a home without a realtor it definitely is you know i'd be lying if i said that is not, not possible. often practiced though um 
I wouldn't recommend it as a realtor. <laughs> um, and the reason why, <laughs> the reason why is, is that there's so many things that go on that I don't think people fully understand. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have certain things done contractually, mm-hmm. uh, people can take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, or as a seller, you might leave a lot of money on the table that you could be, be potentially getting. Mm-hmm. Um, or as a buyer, you might be stuck in a situation where you don't truly understand what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. And you done bought this house from Peggy Sue up the street mm-hmm. and the roof caving in, <laughs> a foundation messed how up. You or, right. How you protect it. Wow. Um, and so if you're contractually bound to certain things, mm-hmm. then, you know, you kind of have a certain level of protection. You um, you also have somebody that's in your corner working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a tip for buyers, you don't you don't pay your realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your, your realtor gets paid from the seller side. So as a buyer, it, it, you know, it's free of cost to use a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, unless there's like a crazy situation, sometimes there, there are, but in most cases it's free, you know, to a buyer to, to use a realtor. So mm-hmm. I would definitely say if you're looking to buy a house, don't try to do it on your own. Definitely yeah. use a, use a realtor. Um, and preferably me. Uh. Right, preferably my guy, Melvin. Guy, you know, it's just I think a lot of people um, think that they can just go on the Internet and Google everything, and mm-hmm. it kind of cuts a lot of things out, you know, yeah. like from how things would normally have been handled. People can think that they can go online, read up on it, and just do everything themselves, you know, and I think this would be maybe one of those type yeah. of industries they may Try oh, man. a they, stab it. <laughs> I, I run it. I run into it all the time. Really? Um, well, you know, I guess because it's also one of those things where we've kind of gotten into an age of also too where everybody wants to fact check every, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, and and which oh, is yeah. which is totally cool with me. Like you know, like if I say something and you want to go look it up, like that's perfectly fine. Like I'm I'm not upset about that. Um, <laughs> but I think at the point in which because you Googled it, you think you know more than certain professionals, that's where you kind of run into a sticky situation. Um, And, you know, you got to understand, too, that, you know, we also have like a code of ethics that we have to abide by. And if I'm working for you, I'm looking out for you and your best interests. You know, Mm -hmm. I I would hope that most other realtors out there are kind of doing the same things. And everybody that I've run across or ran into as far or worked with, Mm all are the same way you know we we look out for the the best interests of our clients and Mm -hmm. you know having that person in your corner to be able to say hey look i know you read that Mm -hmm. but right now here in memphis that's not really like you know one the best route to take or hey look if you do want to win this multiple office situation here's what you need to consider and what you saw on zillow might not be the best route (laughs) you know i mean might not be the best route to take so and and then it you know you can explain to them why you're saying that you know it's not like you know i can i can just see you with somebody and they googling everything you (laughs) saying that would annoy the mess look look it happens it happens oh wow or they'll they'll say hey i I saw this last night i was doing my research and i saw this and Mm -hmm. then you know i might say well yeah that's you know that's true but it doesn't really affect you based off of you having maybe a certain loan type mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff like that. And they're like, but it said that. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, you got it. Now, does it get really <laughs> competitive with the other real estate agents? Like, how do uh, how does it come to who lists the house? Like, maybe it's a house yeah. you really want to sell, but another part, like, how does that work? So, you know, all of it is really about selling yourself. 
You know, I can't control what anybody else does, anything like mm-hmm. that. But it's all about selling yourself. Um, and it does get competitive from With time the to other time. Agents. Yeah, and and I mean in, in a good way, good healthy competition, basically. Um, um, where a lot of us as realtors, we deal with people based off of sometimes like word of mouth and stuff. So a lot of listings I think that people get is they may know somebody one way or another and that's how they got the listing. Uh, But there are times where sellers and buyers just want to interview realtors to figure Mm -hmm. out who they want to work with. Um, You don't always know who, you know, they've interviewed or not, but Mm -hmm. you know, you just try your best to sell yourself and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm here's what I do. Here's how I do it. Um, and try not to compare yourself to anybody else. Um, I, I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me is, and I've realized too, is that, you know, I'm my own brand, mm-hmm. and how I do it is how I do it. You know, it might not be something that somebody else agrees with, but I understand that, you know, all business ain't for me. And so, if you go with somebody else, then you know, it is what it is. It but, is what it is. Yeah. Now, Melvin, what what advice do you have for potential clients that? probably feel like they're ready to purchase a home like what are some of the key things that they should Mm -hmm. have in place you know before they take that big step yeah so first thing is I would definitely say know your situation right Mm -hmm. so that's you know have an idea of you know your financial situation um, what you're able to take on Um, you know I think sometimes we don't really understand like all of what goes into being a homeowner um, but okay. you know, somebody got to cut the grass. Okay. <laughs> somebody got to clean them gutters. Somebody, you know, that hot water heater. Yeah, hot water heater started leaking. Somebody got to take care of that. You know, so it's like, what can you take on? Um, and that's a, that's to me initially the conversation you may need to have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Then past that is getting in touch with a with a licensed realtor. You know, mm-hmm. like um, find out you know who's gonna fit you the best, um, and then from there get pre-approved or pre-qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, getting pre-qualified, most realtors are going to say, hey, look, before we really go look, mm-hmm. go to the go to the bank, go to a credit union, you know, get online, do rocket mortgage, do something to get pre-qualified to where, um, you know, we know what we can actually purchase. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at the point at which we get out there, we look in and you find the house you love and then you – want to go get pre-approved after that and find out you can't afford it, mm-hmm. then we've wasted time. Um, and also, you know, with the way the market's going now, everything's so hot, everything's moving fast. Mm-hmm. If you're not already um, set with a pre-qualification letter or a pre-approval letter or a proof of funds, that that time in which it takes for you to try to go get it, the house may be gone. Mm. Um, and so as a home buyer, I would definitely say, you know, know your situation. Um, know what you can take on. Secondly, work with a realtor um, and get in touch with a lender to get pre-qualified um, and then start looking. Um, and then in looking, know what you want. Know what is a uh, a must-have and know what's something that you can live with. Um, I tell most buyers right now with the way the market is, if something meets most of your demands and it fits in your price range, then it's probably going to be an okay house for you cosmetic stuff we can we can work around you know what i mean like i tell the story all the time the buyers like me and chassis we moved into a house that was pink and maroon on the inside <laughs> and we loved everything else about the house and so before we moved all that stuff in you know we, we got got the house painted and now it's you know it's home you yeah. know and so you know it's little things like that like mm-hmm. 
that can be changed within, you know, a mm-hmm. few thousand dollars or something like that, then, you know, we can maybe live with that for the time being. But if the stuff meets most of your demands and it's in your price range and it's in the neighborhood and all the stuff that you like, mm-hmm. you know, you can make those cosmetic changes along the road. So they definitely need to give it a licensed real estate agent yeah. such as Melvin Guy. Give That's everybody it. your information. So um, it's it's Melvin Guy on Facebook. It's Melvin Guy, comma, Reed Realtors. Um, that's my business Facebook page. Um, on Instagram, it's just Melvin.Guy. Um, and um, so my email address is Melvin at ReedRealtors.com. Um, and you can give me a call or shoot me a text. It's 901 451 9282. Boom, boom. Call my guy, Melvin Guy. Yeah, I'm your guy. Realtors. Don't play no games. That's it. Okay, Melvin. Enjoy your story. Um, You know, everybody knows what they need to look into to get these homes. Yeah. At this point, we're going to transition into some current events. Let's do it. And today is the last day of May and the First game of yeah. the National Basketball Association's championship yeah. series. The defending champs, Golden State Warriors, right. they're hosting game one tonight. Mm. Who are you with? Golden State or Cleveland Cavaliers? <laughs> All right. So. Uh-oh, ooh, he got to explain something. Yeah, I got to explain it. <laughs> so, I am a LeBron supporter. Now, I, I'm not... I'm not fanatic. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna get in these long Facebook debates and all this other stuff. Like oh, that's not just that's it. not my thing. You know what I mean? Because half the time you arguing with somebody that you know you need to make oh, the middle go school back team. And forth with you. you know what I mean? Like, look, come it's on, did serious. you did you play in seventh grade? Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm a LeBron supporter, so I want to see LeBron win. But anybody in their right mind that watch any basketball <laughs> understands that Golden State's probably gonna win this series. Mm-hmm. My hope is that some kind of way miraculously LeBron didn't pull it out, but mm-hmm. just don't look too bad. Like, that's my mm-hmm. main thing. Like, make it go six. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, you never um, know. Because really, they got a whole new team in the middle of the season, didn't right, they? Like, right. younger players. Oh, yeah. They went from, I mean, shoot, they shipped off so many folks. Like, it's hard to even count how many it was, but I, I definitely know it's one of those things where I think it was – Basically, like the four or five guys that have been with the team over those, you know, this little mm-hmm. four or five year stretch are the same guys, but then everybody else was basically new. They still had their core members, right? Those okay. their core group, and everybody else came in. You know, they got now like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, George Hill, all of them. So all those guys are new, and what since February. Right, you, like, hey. and they still in the finals. That's like, the, that's LeBron the king. Can work with anybody. That's the king. <laughs> I'm trying to tell him. But you know what? <laughs> I guess I would say I I was not a LeBron fan. You know, yeah. I guess when all the craze was coming out, and and I, I really didn't have a reason why. Probably because everybody was talking about. It. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. anyway, forget LeBron. Uh, yeah. But I've grown to be a fan of LeBron James, yeah. and I'm even. A more of a fan now. Dallas and I over the holiday we watched the Netflix documentary more than a game. Yeah, Have you seen that? Yeah. 
Oh my! Chastity. This guy has a uh, story man. to tell and has been through some shit. Man, right? So. That's that's like it's crazy. Chastity watched it and mm-hmm. she showed it. I think to one of her classes. That's, that's and, something good for man. the students to see. And ever since then, she probably more of a LeBron fan than I am. She started following Savannah and everybody. Like, she yes. Was, she like, said, "I'm a part of the family now." So really, it's, and, and yeah. then it's not like I'm cuckoo for LeBron now, but I respect that man. That's it. You know, and he's done so much outside side yeah. of basketball as well i was looking at they were showing like how many kids he done sent to college and yes. all the stuff he's still doing in akron he like real deal. it's like and then you ain't you don't really got any blemishes on your record like you ain't got nothing that's saying like hey but that one time when he hit old girl like you he's don't got you don't none of that like he's not that guy none of that so that's awesome so yeah. you think uh golden state gonna win in six yeah I think go to six because we got to give people what they want. We got to people got to make money. So here's the thing: (laughs) I always feel like when you got the best player on the planet, you can at least win one game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I felt about the last series against the Celtics. Like game seven, you know. Although I felt like the Celtics may have been a better unit, you got the best player in the planet. He gonna win one game. Mm -hmm. So that's almost the same way I feel about the finals. I think he can win at least one, and if. You know, one of those role players, games, travel one game mm-hmm. to, you know, to Golden State, they might pull off two. But they might get you. At, this, at this point, I, I'm i pretty sure Golden State wins. I just kind of don't want it to be too bad, you know. Too quick. Yeah. Like, I, it's, <laughs> you know, and being like a LeBron, LeBron supporter, it's like, you know, you run into that argument all the time of like, look, man, this – this man has been going to the finals for almost a decade. Right, eight years. This is his <laughs> dec- eighth year, right? A in a row, consecutively. Eight, yes, consecutive eight years. Who but does it's, that? But it's been to nine because back in 2007, That's you know, crazy. he went. So it's like he's been in the league 15 years. Nine of the 15 years he's been in the league, he's been in the mm-hmm. finals. And it's like although he's only, I think, what, three and five or something like that and about to be three and six, you know, it's like you got to get dude credit. That man been so, putting work in. Now, know, do I, you think that he's going to go to another team after this season? Like, what's the buzz uh, about all of that? Yeah, why it's, are they saying now? It's, it's, it's. I feel like that's the narrative of the NBA. Like every summer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at the point at which the finals ends, that free agency is always crazy. And and whenever it's LeBron coming up on free agency, that's the whole talk. You know, I think that um, I think he might. He probably saying he going to the Rockets. I. I don't think he goes to the LA. Rockets. I'm th- I'm thinking that he he's smart enough to understand that if he goes to the West, making the finals might not happen. Mm. So I'm thinking I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Philadelphia or he stays put in Cleveland. Hmm. I think I really think that those are gonna be his top choices. I think I even think that he might just stay put, you know. And if they can, because they have what well, I think like the eighth pick this year in the draft. Mm-hmm. And if he can put a bug in somebody's ear to to pick who he would rather play with out sure of those, you know, oh, you already know it. <laughs> he probably uh, already called the kid okay. that they pick, <laughs> that they pick. What if he don't go nowhere though? I think it's, I think I think he'd be fine right there in Cleveland. I really mm-hmm. do. I think if, with the, with the team that he has, I know we all saying that he doesn't have any help, um, but I think that he has a lot of players 
that play a specific role, if they could draft somebody mm-hmm. that's kind of a playmaker, kind of like how Kyrie was, mm-hmm. I think that they that he'd be he, he'd be good staying put with the with that core group of guys that he has, along with maybe a young playmaker, kind of like how Boston has. Uh, was a kid, Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Oh Ooh, my Tatum's god, so man! I was like, so Dallas schooled me on Tatum. <laughs> I'm like, what? Man, boy, cold. So it's kind of no. one of those things where you know if they get lucky and and come up on a pick where. You know he 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 can be a playmaker alongside LeBron. Then I think Stan Put won't be that big. Did you hear the you mentioned the Seventy Sixers as a potential team he may yeah. go to? Did you hear the thing about the president? Man, <laughs> look, this way out here with fake he was Twitter accounts. <laughs> Ghost tweeting around. Oh, I don't giant. even like even when it came out about KD. Like I don't even understand. Right? Like, how did they? How do people find <laughs> out these things? They slip up. They slip up. They forgot to log out. That's what. Oh wait. <laughs> but like my thing is, is like, what's the point in it? What is really going? What's on? the point in it? I like don't get it. he he wanted to get out what he couldn't say. Yeah, I yeah. guess he said he's trying to <laughs> trying to see what's going on going uh going on in the league and stuff. From right. a different perspective. He denying it, though. He oh, he denying. trying. He, he trying, huh? <laughs> but I guess they got that black and white on them. We Man, gonna see. look. We're going to see. Now, speaking of ghostwriting. Oh, Lord. <laughs> let's get into this big Drake Ooh, versus wee. Pusha T rap yeah. battle going on. Mm-mm. And it's so crazy that this is going on now from a rapper that really had his career in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like, going up against... America's coveted Drake. <laughs> right. Everywhere Drake. <laughs> so <laughs> as of today, which like I said, is the last day of May and this yeah. will air, you know, on this upcoming Monday. So between now and then, you know, Drake may respond right. to Pusha T. Right. He but, got uh, till Friday. In he my got book. till Friday <laughs> in black folks terms, right. you know, or Twitter terms. Right. Like, you know, this battle is crazy because at this point, to me, Pusha T is winning. In my opinion. Yeah. Now, you may feel differently, but let's kind of like go into some of the history of this beef. It all started kind of back on Friday, May 25th, when Pusha T released his new album entitled Daytona with the uh, the Whitney Houston bathroom visual. I don't don't know. That was tacky. That was too much. And that was like Kanye's suggestion. Well, actually, not a suggestion. This is what we do with Pusha. Look, I, that was tacky. It's just wrong time to be taking some from Kanye right now. That's how I That's, see it. Oh. Other, than, other than probably them beats that he used on that uh, little short CD he put out, but the, the beats was fine. But but that, that picture, that picture is horrible. I hated it. Now, Pusha T put out the new album Daytona. It included a track called Infrared, yeah, which contained a number of allegations about Drake using ghost writers mm-hmm. and being. And, you know, Drake responded with a diss track called Duppy Freestyle, which he claimed Pusha T wasn't even that good of a rapper and that he wrote his raps for Kanye West, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He also released a photo of an invoice that he <laughs> allegedly sent to good music executives requesting payment for, quote, promotional assistance and career <laughs> reviving, unquote. <laughs> now, after he uh. put that invoice out there, Pusha T actually retweeted OVO sound link to Duppy Freestyle telling them to send an invoice for an extra 20. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But we were all like, is Pusha T going to respond? What are you going to say about Drake? Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. Days later, Pusha mm. T released another track. This, the song is called The Story of Adidon. Yeah. 
And this was accompanied by a photo of Drake in blackface. Did you oh, see that photo? Yeah, I saw the photo. When you saw that photo, that photo initially, what did you think, Melvin? So and initially, I was like, "Dang, Drake got caught slipping." Like, like you know what I mean? Is this like, photo shot? Right, like, right, what like, is this? Like, dang, like is like what happened? Like at first, I thought it was maybe just kind of a play on, you know, he used the whole like Jay Z title for the song, mm-hmm. and so I was like, maybe they just put a blackface on drake but then when i later found out it was like no nah, that's a real photo drake took mm-hmm. i was like uh-oh like drake you might what is going <laughs> on so up. like once you, that picture was right. released pusha mm. t was like please stop referring to this picture as artwork he says yeah. i'm not an internet baby i don't edit images this is a real picture these are drake's truths see for yourself yeah so we were like what's up with the blackface so now we have an answer for that yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today, Drake released a statement not about referencing the baby Mm-mm. that that Pusha T, <laughs> you know, mentioned. He's staying away from that. He's not away. about that the mother is a porn star. Yeah. He's staying away from that. You know, not about you know him saying something about the producer. You know, wishing death on him. He right. said that quote I know everyone is enjoying the circus, but I want to clarify this image in question. He says, this picture is from 2007, a time in my life where I was an actor and I was working on a project that was about young black actors struggling to get roles, being stereotyped and typecast. The photos represented how African-Americans was were once wrongfully portrayed in entertainment. And he also went on to say, me and my best friend at the time, Mazen Elsadig, who is also an actor from Sudan, were attempting to use our voice to bring awareness to the issues we dealt with all the time as black actors at auditions. Yeah. So that was his response to the blackface picture. Yeah. Do you believe him? I, you know, I think when you <laughs> when you look in like the history of like you know movies and film and actors and stuff like that, when you think about like some of those. Those uh those black actors back in the day having to do blackface, although they were black people and stuff mm-hmm. like that, just to kind of um, exaggerate features and try to make them look a certain way. I can see where he thought that that picture would be a play on like how he feels like they're being treated now, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, that, you know, what is that, that intent versus perception or how, you know, look like you might have had a certain intent, but somebody should have been like, hey, hey, Drake, I don't know if that's going to come over right. Um, and, and just kind of like pulled him back and mm-hmm. was like, let's go a different route. Like, mm-hmm. let's make an infomercial. <laughs> like, do something. something. Not this blackface we don't. That blackface, I don't, I don't know if that was the route to take. I think. Um, I think that was really the dagger. Yeah. The picture. The oh, visual. Because, you know, the pit, like, so. The song, I, I I do think Pusha T is is has taken the lead here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, I will say, not a fan of Pusha T. Like mm-hmm. I think that his delivery was just kind of regular. Like you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where you, if you were to hear the song not knowing the beef, you probably wouldn't be as we like wouldn't be talking about it right, right now. Right, but mm-hmm. I think that you know. The lines that he was dropping as far as, like, the personal attacks is kind of like, ooh, mm. like, you talk about this man daddy suit. Ooh, <laughs> he talks about the daddy, the mama. And you know what? Yeah. I think because Drake has so much star power, yeah. it's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, millennials on uh, back, they're like, who is Pusha T? So right. they're not even, you know, don't even, you mm-hmm. know, 
relate him to anything. So right. it could be like he has nothing to lose in this. So. Yeah. Like we were saying, like, I mean, I remember, I remember Push T from like grinding. Like that grinding. might be. Right. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> so like, you know, he went for the juggler, yeah. uh, Drake. And to me, it's like whatever if and when Drake responds because he took a time out, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to explain the blackface and that's it. So, yeah. you know, his new album, Scorpio, is supposed to drop June. We don't have a date yet, but that's right. coming through, too. But at this point, you know, I'm like, what can Drake say about anything? Look, I, just a response to what Pusha said. I mean, he gonna have he gonna talk about his braids or something. And then I mean, like, what's the fun in that? Like, right. like you I know, don't know. Like, he could just say, "Bump it." Right. Uh, let's just release Scorpion and move on with right, our lives. Right, right. So, you tap out and just hope for the best when you drop this new album. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see, Melvin. Yeah. Um, you know, between now and when this podcast <laughs> dropped Monday, right. I don't know. He might you, come with some fire. You, you never know. Between... I, I've learned to not, not count Drake out just yet because he done oh, kind of been into he it with some folks. He's timing. You know? <laughs> right. He, he, he pretty good now. Yeah. And it's so much Drake on the radio right All now. All the time. Oh, All wow. Time. All platforms. I'm like, yeah. are they eulogizing him <laughs> since Pusha T murdered him? <laughs> but he got that like nine lives. So, man, look. We're going to see what happened with that. Mm. Like, last topic, Melvin. And yeah. This is something that I really wanted us to discuss because it kind of um, touches on a lot of issues that's going on with our society right now. Prison reform. Yeah. Now, I know you're very familiar with the Kardashians. Yeah. Now, Kim Kardashian was actually invited to the White House to meet with President Trump and um, Kushner to discuss uh, prison reform and how she kind of got intertwined with this topic. Because you're like, why is she being asked? Right, right. Is because of a case of a woman by the name of Mary Alice Johnson. She's a 63-year-old great-grandmother from Tennessee who was sentenced in 1996 to life in prison without parole on drug charges, despite mm. being a first-time nonviolent offender. So what Kim Kardashian is doing, she's trying to seek clemency for Alice Johnson. Um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Um, You know, that's it's one of those things where I feel like you can't tell somebody who what they can't advocate for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think although, you know, we all kind of see Kim Kardashian in a certain light, you know, with, with her past and just kind of the whole reality show thing, you know, we kind of look at it as honestly just a, like a sex symbol or just a, mm-hmm. a, a, a body. She exudes <laughs> Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, I, I think that you can't necessarily knock her for advocating for prison reform. Like, mm-hmm. So I guess in my mind it's like let's not attack Kim Kardashian for meeting with Trump about prison reform. Let's look deeper as to like how can they be more responsible with mm-hmm. this. Um, and, and in my opinion, you know, it's like cool, use your platform to do this, but – when something new in your life comes about or something other than this is hot, like mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian might go away. Mm-hmm. Let's bring some people who dedicate their lives to prison reform that do research that, you know, are on the front lines that are actually talking to inmates that are looking at these cases. Let's have those people at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Cause to me it's like, you know, there, I think there's a couple things. One is, you know, that's a particular case, but we know this is widespread. You oh, know, this definitely. is and it and it is affecting, 
you know, in most cases, people of color. You know what I mean? And so I feel like if you could have somebody at the table that truly understands the whole scale of like how this is affecting people and families, mm-hmm. um, you know, that would have been a more responsible way to go about it. And, you know, I think it might also paint the picture that, <laughs> which <laughs> as long as you got money mm-hmm. or you somewhat famous, you do whatever you want to mm-hmm. and you can be taken serious. But what about us who are out here on these front lines fighting and fighting a good fight and mm-hmm. we can't even get, you know what I mean? We can't even get a letter responded to like you know what i mean like so you know i'm not gonna knock her for for voicing her opinions and Mm -hmm. and having this meeting i think that you know as as a president even you know you gotta be more responsible than that like cool bring her in but you know what i mean why not make this a thing where it's like you know you have people that have done the research people who have maybe organizations or nonprofits or something that are working towards you know rectifying this stuff and and having them at the table, because I think just her voice isn't enough, although she has millions of followers. Millions. She's probably the most followed person in the world. Yeah. Which is the truth right, about right. the situation. And unfortunately, Melvin, I don't think the, the experts in prison reform will get the invite exactly. anytime soon to the White House. And what's crazy is, I mean, everyone's like, how did she get involved? And And I want to say that... She was very interested in Miss Johnson's story, and this this woman has been contacting Kim. Hmm. She she's been kind of the one pursuing Kim to fight the fight. Yeah. So you know, when I saw everyone bashing Kim, I'm like, let me read into this. Like, yeah. there's something more to this, you know? Because a Kardashian not fit to just go to the White House <laughs> like this, right? You right. Know? And so when I looked into it, I was like, oh, really? Kim Kardashian is taking Meek Mills spot right which meek you know yeah. was just released from prison but meek did not want to go to the white house <sighs> to discuss prison reform so i guess they said well let's get another celebrity right and it was kim kardashian and that and that's and to me i think that's that's part of the problem mm-hmm. you know it's like does the person have to be a celebrity you know like it i feel like yeah it feels like mm-hmm. that's you know we another episode of a reality show going on at the white house you know another i mean (laughs) the white house is run by reality stars at this point like you know and it's just so sad because prison reform is a hot issue right now it's been an issue and it just seems like it's getting more awareness now so but now we got it's like kim uh, she's not our savior on prison reform so i think you i I think it's one of those things where i think her using her platform is good it brings it to the you know it it becomes a a household conversation Mm -hmm. based off of people kind of talking about her but looking further into like okay what is she fighting for um but i think to be responsible Mm -hmm. you need to bring some some true experts, some mm-hmm. people who have dedicated their life and research and stuff to this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, we all want to see the change happen mm-hmm. um, and want the change to happen in a way in which it's truly effective mm-hmm. and it's not a fly-by-night type of thing. And not just another photo op. That's it. Yeah, and, you know, being in the, in the White House. Right. And, you know, they still haven't said that, 45 give the lady clemency i don't know what are the results of your meeting yeah yeah i'll be i'll be watching this yeah i want i want to see what comes of it um yeah it's you know i don't know (laughs) these are the days (laughs) 
that we're living in, <laughs> yes, Melvin guys. Yes, it is. You just keep selling that real estate. Man, look, I'm trying. Making it. You're in a million dollar club, right? Yeah, yeah. My uh, So I started in uh, May of 2016. And so 2017 was my first full year, full time. Mm-hmm. And I made the multi-million dollar club hey. my, my first full year, uh, full time. And, That's you know, awesome. that was one of those things where it was kind of one of those things where you see um, the fruits of your labor, yes. uh, where you've, you know, you put in the time and the work and, you know, mm-hmm. getting out there and connecting with people and, you know, and also God's grace and, you know, just allowing uh, me to be in a position where all my friends and family know a lot of friends and family Amen. and everybody kind of, yeah. you know, came my way and it's been a blessing. And, you know, I can't complain one bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just I'm out here just trying to build relationships, man. It's, it's more than transactions for me. So, you know, build these relationships and work with some good people towards uh, making sure that they reach their goals. Give everybody your number one more time. Yeah, it's 901 Four five one nine two eight two, and it's Melvin Guy with Reed Realtors. I'm so proud of you, Melvin. Thank and you. Thank you so much for being yeah. my guest for episode ah, twenty one of Verbally Effective. I know that phone will be ringing off the hood. Look, man. look, let's make it happen. <laughs> let's make it happen. That's right, Verbally Effective episode twenty one with Melvin Guy. He's your guy for That's your it. real estate episode twenty one in the books. Why Pharrell keep talking this music shit?